coral reef at Lizard Island, 270 kilometres north of Cairns, has been hit by four mass bleaching events in six years. Marine biologists are hopeful about its future, but much scepticism remains about its long-term survival. A story from today's Melbourne Age written by Laura Chung and Brooke Mitchell headlined On a remote Australian island, a small patch of reef is as good as scientists have ever seen it. It's encouragement warned still of the threat of climate change. Welcome to Climate Conversations. I am your host, Robert McLean. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton, in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The Chung and Mitchell story continues. The winds howl almost constantly during the cooler months on Lizard Island, a remote island 270 kilometres north of Cairns. Reprieve can only be found underwater among the colourful fish that dart between the vibrant blue, orange, green and purple coral so quickly. It's impossible to keep up. The silence under the water might be why the marine biologists working on the island love to sink below it every chance they get. For a generation, the island research station has been central to the scientific efforts to study the reef, and more recently the impacts of bleaching caused by climate change. The previous government controversially spent more than $450 million in a single tranche of funding on the Great Barrier Reef Foundation. As the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age visited in late winter, the impact of the investment was still being considered by scientists concerned with the reef while pressure continues to mount on the new government to address a looming catastrophe. Researchers working on the island say the reef is as good as they've ever seen it. While this small patch of reef may be recovering, the outlook for the General Barrier Reef, an intricate living mesh that runs 230 kilometres along the Queensland coast and stretches across 350,000 square kilometres, remains grim. In another story from today's Melbourne Age, Peter Milne asks, Andrew Forrest is locked and loaded, but net zero, but does Fortescue have the calibre? In a story headed, It's Batteries Baby, Forrest fires up green ambitions, Milne writes. For a man who wanted to frack Western Australia's Kimberley for gas a few years ago, Andrew Forrest does not lack an ambition to tackle climate change. The self-confessed big carbon emitter by his iron ore miner, Fortescue, has not only performed a high-profile climate U-turn, but accelerated along the green path ever since. Two years ago, he committed his diesel and gas-fired miner to net zero emissions by 2040, 10 years ahead of his rivals. That was not enough. And nine years later, he brought this target forward to 2030, more than halving the time his team has to deliver. Then, not content with creating an emissions-free miner, a year ago, Forrest added to his to-do list an aim for Fortescue's customers mainly huge polluting Chinese steel mills to have zero emissions by 2040. You'll find links to both those stories in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. And until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. So as I said earlier, until we talk again, please take care.